Lord, I magnify your holy name. We worship you, Jesus. In Jesus' holy name, we are worshipped. Turn to some side and welcome them in the name of the Lord. This is the first Sunday in our new year. You are really welcome. Hallelujah. Let's take our seats in the heavenly places. I don't know why people are afraid to sit in the front. And the anointing is heavier in the front. People run for fire. Fresh fire. Hallelujah. Please, let me have some front benches to come and take these three uh, uh, seats in the front. Come and sit in the front if you are at the back. If you are at the back, come to the front. One more person. Is somebody at the back who wants the front? Sometimes when I speak, you don't know it's prophetic. Is there somebody sitting at the back and you want to be in the front? Take your position. It's a good thing to be in the front. You will never go backward in life. We have, we have just gone through a seven days of barrage from heaven. You know, when God opened up upon this house. You see, the seven days, it seems as if we are just starting. But at the same time, we had the seven days of taking church home. So that at home, you what you did in church for the past years, pray, study. I say you should celebrate at home. And I told you, listen to the teaching tapes of the week. Because the Lord told me that what happened to a lot of believers on earth is this. We hear and hear and hear and hear, but never remember. We never remember because we have had too much. God told me that. God told me the people in the Bible, you know, the major difference between the people of the Bible and our time is this. The same thing, Rizwa, they do daily. And the same scripture they read daily. And because they read it daily and daily and daily and daily, in a short time, it, it registers in their consciousness and then it goes to their subconscious. So that when it enters into your consciousness, you will just be doing things with the predetermination. But when it goes into your unconsciousness, you will naturally be doing those things without knowing that you're doing it. And this is the reason why they have so much great success. And the Lord said to me that I should tell the whole CFT church for the next, up to June anyway, nobody teaches anything on this pulpit. Nobody shares anything on this pulpit apart from those things we are taught. So if I tell you to come and share, you know, with the church, you can only share within those things we are taught for seven days. And we are taught, I bet you, what we are taught for seven days, we can say throughout the whole year. We can say for one year, every day teaching about those things until we become it. So, in the first service in cathedral, what I did was to ask from you what we are taught. So, those who officiated today will tell me something, maybe one or two things that they learned from the teachings during the uh, 
convention, whether day or evening. And you also get ready. Yeah, who is the first person who opened the prayer? It's Pastor Shegu. Okay, please, can you give Pastor Shegu a microphone? You just stay where you are and you, you tell us. Who is the second person who lead prayer? Okay, Pastor La, and who is the third person? Who opened? Okay, Elder. So, you will tell us exactly, you know, one or two things, a scripture or something said that really resonated with you. Let's listen and write down as you hear. Yes, Pastor. Is that not working? Praise the Lord. Um, I, like uh, Daddy said, it was a whole week just packed and packed and packed. And like he said, if we are to keep dwelling on what we receive for a whole week, we will be talking about it for a year. For me, I'm just going to take a very tiny fragment. And uh, well, because it was the first day, and it hit me full face. Praise the Lord. I was looking on the topic, the church of the living God. And uh, of course, it began by looking at what is the church. Uh, the main scripture for that session was First uh, Timothy Chapter 3, verse 15. First Timothy 3.15. If you can have that, praise the Lord. Yes. Okay. Stop, please. Those of you are the, um, the projector, I've told you, whenever a scripture is spoken, as a stop, you put it on the board. If you don't, it will give us a picture that the person there doesn't know what he's doing. So you must follow message, scripture, so that people can read it. All right, go ahead, please. If I am delayed, you will know how uh, people ought to conduct themselves in the church and God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Hallelujah. That was Paul uh, giving charge to Timothy. But that scripture and what we were taught as an application to every one of us. Now, the first thing that Daddy uh, picked from that scripture in defining the church, giving us the definition and purpose of the church, the first thing he pointed out was that the church is God's family. The church is God's family. The second thing, I'll just briefly, I mean, pick out those things. It's number two thing which I were told is that the church is the place where we learn to uh, conduct ourselves. And the third thing is that the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, maybe it's a scripture that maybe we have gone over, at least I know I've gone over it, but I mean, I have not, I, I have never seen it in that depth. Now, uh, someone said that uh, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. The thing with us not being able to get to the depth of this scripture is that, well, we fly off tangents sometimes, and the church has flown off tangents. 
Number one thing that we know is that the church is the family of God, it's God's family. And as family of God, God is our father and we are his children. So everybody is welcome in the church. So both the drug addicts, anyone, and the good, the bad, everyone is welcome in the church. And we are all God's children. God loves every one of us. We've seen in Jonah how much God loves everyone, no matter his level. Hallelujah. So uh, you can see that one clearly, uh, that the church is the family of God. Number two thing, that the church is the place where we learn to conduct ourselves. That is to say that the church is the place where we fashion ourselves for our life in the world. So we cannot be one thing on Sunday and another thing the rest of the week. So we, we, we are fashioned to conduct our family, our social life, our business life, every way. That is the place where we are hammered out. Praise the Lord. And I'm just trying to, because I, when I was told that I have five minutes, but I can go on and on read on each of the uh, Okay, get to the third one now. The third one, in the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. The church, uh, we were told that, well, the world is dictated to by evil. Hallelujah. So, we, and the church is the, that institution that stands out where every other institu- institutions fail mm-hmm. or fall, then start, the church must stand in its integrity yeah. as the pillar and the foundation. The rock upon which the church stands is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. So we have, the church is founded on the truth and it stands as a solid pillar in the midst of every other thing. The thing is that in the world, the devil dictates, like he said, the devil dictates everything. The Bible says that, I mean, Satan is the God of this world. So everything around us, and we know that Satan is, uh, is, is main, um, 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 uh, tool is deceit. That's the opposite of the truth. So everything around us may be controlled. But like, I mean, I like was talking, I know that Yoruba people say that, well, the truth may, I mean, the uh, falsehood or lie may go for 20 years, but the truth will catch up with it in one day. So if we really want something that is enduring, if we want something that is eternal, we need to stay with the world. We need to stay with the, the truth. The truth, amen. Or remain as the pillar. Pastor is preaching now. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now, you know something? I told you there's a lot in what God has spoken. And what He has spoken, there are three major things. Very, very strong. If you don't have knowledge of the church, you may shipwreck. Because the church is God's family. Now, another thing that attaches to that is Second Timothy chapter, chapter um, I think is. Um, Chapter 2, verse 20, which talks about the fact that in that family of God, there are two categories of people, the noble and the ignoble. And I told you, you see, the noble people are people who, family-wise, they were well brought up. There are some families like that. They are not Christians, and they may be, 
Because you don't become well brought up because you are a Christian. Okay? There are families that are disciplined. They have inherited it from ancestors. They wake up at a particular time. They do everything to time in their family. And they are always successful people. Okay? And you have people who are brought up in a family that the father will wake up at 10. It doesn't matter when the children wake up. Everybody just wake up wherever they like. Families like that are not very rich. Okay? Because they don't have many liabilities as to, you know, discipline them. And uh, you, may, you may have people who in their own family, they can speak rough. They can just be lousy. And they are big-mouthed. And, uh, you know, they use swear words and all stuff like that. Derogatory words. And they dress anyhow. They behave anyhow. Nobody cares about what we wear. It. They come to church and they are part of God's family. So, a good number of people have misunderstood when a member of the church misbehaves. Okay? Maybe they just, you know, decide to be rude. Alright? Deliberately. They will just insult you. Okay? They may even be leaders. Okay? They may be ordinary members. And some people get angry and they just walk away from the truth. Alright, that is what destroyed Moses' destiny. Behavior of other people made Moses not to reach Canaan. And I warn you strongly, don't let the behavior of the ignoble make you to unsuit your nobility. But you see, the fact is this, those who are ignoble like that, what do we do? We allow tolerance to accommodate. So that you don't throw the baby and the placenta away. Eh? That the placenta is of no use. You just took the baby after bathing everybody straight away. Because 10 years time, they, must, they might have been cleansed by the word and been totally changed. And you may need them for destiny. But if because today they are still ignoble and you just rub them and throw them out and you cannot exercise patience enough as to allow their ignobility to train your own nobility. You miss God. So when you come to church, I say that in that church, somebody didn't greet me well. You don't come to church to find people who will greet you well. Why some people will even greet you and they will lay the gold on the floor for you to pass through and honor you? So people are there to tell you that who do you think really are? I don't know why you are working this way. And you are not working anyway. That's just what you want to say. Okay, by the way, only you, only you, only you. Somebody gives testimony all the time. It becomes a, you know, a problem for another person. Ah, your brother has just stood up again. They are ignorant. <laughs> I would mean now that, is it only him that gives testimony every day? Yeah. They will rubbish anything. You tell them good thing, they will rubbish it. If you tell them vision, they will rubbish it. People like that, they are ignorant. They are going nowhere and they don't want anybody to go anywhere. Or they are in church. People who are very temperamental, like the labor dogs, they're in church. But you have to accommodate them. Don't use those ones to train your nobility. So we need that there are three levels of ignobility. The most the ignoble, and the ignoble. <laughs> and we must allow everyone, whatever state they are, to move to the stage of where God really wants us. He wants us to be what? Noble. Because it says that if anyone makes sure that you get yourself get rid of yourself of the ignobility. And that is a fantastic thing. Also, conduct. You must conduct yourself in the household of God. You may not have good conduct, but when you come here, you must be corrected, you must be instructed in godliness so that your conduct can be good. 
you know, I think before I, I ask the second person to speak, I will remind you this. I spoke to you about attitude that when you meet people, separate the from the man. I know one of the things that Dr. Sessi said. He said it is not your action that matters, but your attitude. Are we together now? You know, some of you will just see some people and you snub them. If somebody just see you and snub you, don't be angry. He's going through his ignobility. <laughs> so you greet somebody and he just turn his face away. Keep on going. That doesn't stop you from greeting him again. You know, if I were you, I would greet him when three witnesses are there. And I say, sister, I'm greeting you before these people. <laughs> so that he can know that I'm greeting him. Uh, you know, I say, okay, I don't worry. All right. We will wait until... Is that those of you who are not yet married? If you're a woman, one man's recommendation or disapproval of you can make you meet the right man that should marry you. Because the man came, he saw you, he, he feels attracted, and he's asking from somebody who had been in the church. What about that? Says, ah, they don't need to say any more thing. Because you're always moody for no reason. You are still ignoble. Though you are born again, mind you. But you are still ignoble. Because it says in the household of God, there are the nobles. And the or someone who gets angry, you know, suddenly and then acts. Ah, somebody wants to marry him, a reasonable man. They say, ah, no, bro, pray more. And God will direct you. But if it's a woman that is noble, addressing She's sensible. Her speech, she's courtesied. She, she, she commands respect in the way she carries herself. People will be looking for a good man. Say, have you not seen that sister? Huh? Go and look at her. That's what happens. Your conduct has to do with your future. And so, in that scripture, the Bible deals with God's family, conduct, and truth. Let me have uh, Pastor Ola, please. Tell us just two things that you learned during that period. I hope you're getting something down. Write this now, I will ask you. Praise the Lord. Definitely, it's been a time of refreshing. It's been a time of promotion and upgrading. And I, after the um, convention, I just received a kind of confidence that I didn't have before because of the word of God that was shared that you know, opened my eyes to many things. I'm just going to pick maybe one or two things from um, the um, teaching on spiritual warfare. You know, the teaching on spiritual warfare, it really touched my heart and I just felt like if I could just bring so many of our friends who are pastors and leaders back home to come and listen again. Because most of the time, when somebody wants to talk about spiritual warfare, you feel like, ah, you need to have fasted seven days because this is serious matter, you know, and then they will now you will be, I mean, praying and shouting and jumping and casting and binding. But at the end of the day, when Apostle taught us about spiritual warfare, you no, know, and he told us that, we determine what happens. 
is spiritual warfare. That we are the ones who dictate what happens. Mm-hmm. And he, he used the story of Balaam. And I just felt like, look, I've read the story of Balaam so many times. How come I've never seen it in that dimension? That Balaam was a powerful person. In fact, he called him a principality. Mm. Everybody knew that when Balaam speaks, it must happen. Even God knew mm-hmm. that when Balaam speaks, yeah. it must happen. Mm-hmm. But God, when he saw that Balaam was going to do what was not in his will for his children, God sent his angel with a sword. And Balaam, even though he would have wished to do what was contrary to the will of God, he had no choice in the matter. Because yep. his life would have been at stake. Right. And this kind of gave a kind of confidence that, look, God already sees all things. He knows all things. Many times we fret. You know, I mean, coming back from a culture that um, they'll start singing his generational cause, and maybe they are doing medicine somewhere, it's, they've carried something to one altar, and you know, you now be like, you have to go and pray seven days, you have to do this, you are anointing, and uh, white water, and you, you know, and you run out of skelter in fear. <laughs> they put you in fear. Instead of giving you confidence, what happens is that you go to church, and when you leave church, you are more fearful mm-hmm. than when you enter. Yeah. Yeah. Because by the time yeah. they talk about all these yeah. things, you'll be thinking, oh, where do I start from? You look at someone who you are, your fortunate is that you will now see people who are so called prayer warriors. And you look at their lives. And you think, ah, and I can't pray like this man. Hey God, where, where will I start from? But, you know, after I listened to this teaching, that at the end of the day, God sent his angel with a sword to go and meet Balaam. That even Balaam, with all the spirituality, could not see mm-hmm. the angel. The donkey saw the angel. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, God tells us that, look, we are his precious possession. Yeah. We are the apple of his eyes. We are born of God because we are actually in a better covenant than Israel was yep. at that time. That's right. So we are seated with Christ in heavenly place. Mm-hmm. Why are we now stressing ourselves out? For a devil that has already been defeated. Mm-hmm. Why are we just worrying ourselves? Because so much worry and whatever. Sometimes, because I come from a family that is, well, I mean, I've got quite a long spiritual background. But whenever I call home, they'll tell me, ah, um, and the devil is doing this, and whatever is doing that, I'll say, this devil, what is the essence of us being Christians? Where we go to God. <laughs> and then it's the devil that is always doing that. I said, I will not be like, I'll be flabbergasted that, look, leave the devil with his work. You just face mm-hmm. God. Continue to praise him and worship him and walk in his truth. So after the, I mean, the sermon, there was a scripture that, that, I mean, really resonated in my heart. And that's Numbers 23, verse 8. Mm. Numbers 23, verse 8. He says, how shall I cause those whom God has not caused? And how can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been blessed by God. Mm-hmm. No one, whether it's demon yes. or human being, uh-huh. can cause us. That's right. 
We have been promoted by God. Yeah. No one yeah. can denounce us. That's right. You know, I, it, it just made me so happy that God, you know, I was even, because I'm not really technical gifted, so I was thinking, how can I send a message um, via all these social media things to so many men of God that I know mm. that you need to listen to this message because this is true spiritual warfare. Yeah. It is the confidence in who you are in Christ. It is really with Christ in every place. And taking our rightful position because we know of the truth that we are blessed beyond reason. Praise the Lord. My, my. Pastor Lai is preaching now. Let me say something to you. <laughs> Let me say something to you. I want to thank those of you who have responded to the sponsorship of our program on LTV. And those of you who are yet to, in your announcement sheet today, they should have put in the account number that, um, you know, for the VOH Nigeria, for that program. is there. You know that from two weeks' time, we are on air in Abuja. NTA. And do you know what? This is a message going out for, to them. Because, you see, I can see CFT now that God is taking us back into Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, rest of it, I can see this church sweeping nations. Amen. You remember the vision that Dikini had? That I, he saw me in an auditorium, big auditorium, and people were sitting down and they were, I was lecturing them. And then one of them stood up and said, he has a question. And he said, he said, thank you for correcting all our wrong teaching. And he saw the face of that person. He's a person he knows. So he was so excited. Eh, a whole, this man, he leads one of the largest churches in Africa. This man. There was one of the fathers in Nigeria who was in our meeting last Sunday. You know when he finished, we sat there, was telling me, he said, Apostle, he said, I will not seek praying for you. God will help the whole of our people in Nigeria to hear this voice. He said, because you are the only one who can correct all of us. He said, look, even myself, there are some things that you are showing in the Bible. I didn't know it before. This is a man who has been ministering from the 60s. I will get it now. But you see, what's pastoral to you is so simple. God is simple, but church complicated him. Alright? And it is now a little bit hard to undo that complication in the heart of many. Because I, when I was teaching, I spoke about religious people. When you are a religious person, once you form a religion over a particular issue, it's not easy to undo what you believe. But what I want to do in Nigeria is that this lecture is going to Nigeria. I will ask a question about the devil and let us see. Scripture, 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 scripture. Can someone curse you if you are born again? Let us see. Scripture, scripture, scripture. I say, what's your decision? Because those scriptures speak for themselves. And what she was talking about, Balaam and Balak, if you're very clear. It says, Balaam, in that chapter 23, verse, 20, verse 8, how can I curse those whom God had not cursed? How can I denounce those whom God had not denounced? So, for anybody to curse another man and the cause affect you is because God has cursed you. Are we together? Alright? Because 
that man said, it is not possible for me to curse a man unless God already cursed him. Now, in another words, God permitted it. But if you look at further, it says, from the lofty peak I see them. And that has to tie with what uh, Pastor Shegun read about. Conducting your, your conduct in the house of God. All what we are teaching, do it. <coughs> I said it in the first service that, that anybody who listens to my voice and do it, he will succeed in life. I was in Oxford University yesterday to celebrate the graduation of one of our youths. I was very proud father to stand in Oxford University and to, to the moment I'm taking the photograph, I'm sending it to the Facebook that this is the kind of thing you need to be facing and be booking. You know? Why he walked in and I remember the first day he came to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, <coughs> I want to go to Oxford. I said, you're already there. He said, but you know, they don't, they, they said they can't take me because, because of what? Oxford, number one, the first consideration is that did your father go there? Did your grandfather go? That's the first consideration. It's not whether you're intelligent or not. Okay? Second thing now is what class did you have in your first degree? Even if you have double first honor, they may drop you because you have no history of anybody who went to Oxford. Yes. That's Oxford. It's an old boys club. I said to him, son, you mentioned Oxford in your mouth. As heaven leads, you are going to Oxford. I said to him, I will be on your graduation day. He applied to Oxford. All right? No father went to Oxford. No mother went to Oxford. No brother, no nothing. Ordinary man from, from Sodok. <laughs> yes. Okay. Father not rich, mother not rich, but there is a father in heaven. <laughs> All right. You know, I was there yesterday with the mother. I represent the father because the father has passed on to glory. I represent the father for the family. And, um, you know, all conditions to enter Oxford, he didn't have it. He didn't meet up with it. But he graduated in Oxford with his second, uh, with his second degree. Let me say this to you. And he graduated, beats those who had the qualification. He beats those who have the father and the mother by the power of the Holy Ghost. He beat them flat. But the only disappointment I have is that when we got to Oxford, all these people who are the professors and all conducting a graduation, they are just speaking Latin. I said, what is this? And they call some people loud. They carry Bible and put it on their shoulder. Spiritos. I said, what's all this? I asked him, did you hear what they are saying? He said, I didn't hear. So, when they spoke in that language for you to come, come forward, all of you went forward. He said, I did what I saw them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Spiritos. You know what I'm saying to you, therefore? What I'm saying to you is that the word of God is true to letter. That scripture says, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom God has not denounced? Look, rocky peak, I see them. From the height, I knew, I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves as the nations of this world. We can 
who can count the dust of Jacob? And the underlying factor is that these guys are just a type of born again. Hallelujah, somebody. You know, you need to know this. When I start teaching you next week, what I will be teaching from next week is further teaching on spiritual realm. So that we can have full understanding. And when I teach you too, I will want you to ask me questions. So that we will answer from the scriptures. And that will help you. You cannot be caused. Even by Bilam. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's hear from Elder um, Sholani please. Tell us what are two things that you learned during the period. Praise the Lord. Uh, it was uh secret uh, session we had uh, one of the afternoon uh, the day session uh, the message that really spoke me was about the secret of Jesus' ministry Amen? Yeah. Now we all know about Jesus, we've been talking about Jesus right from infants, but to know the secret of his success to me it's a revelation Amen? Mm. And our Father and the Lord has been saying to us, follow me as I follow Christ. So Talking about the ministry and his success, I mean, you did mention uh, that Jesus loved his uh, flock. Mm -hmm. Not only did he love his flock, he also loved those who will believe mm -hmm. in the message that he preached. Mm -hmm. And that was taken from the book of John 17, 20. You know, he says in there that um, John 17, 20, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. You know, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. Amen? So you also went further. You said, you know, Jesus trusted his disciples. You know, I look at all this quality and then I look at the life of our Father and the Lord. I was challenged. You know, now I fully understand what he meant when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm looking at all these attributes and all these characteristics in Christ, uh, Jesus Christ in the ministry. And I can say today, and I'm sure everyone can bear witness to that, that we can see all this quality in our Father and the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, in the, I look at the book of Luke uh, 9, uh, 1 to 2, uh, talking about Jesus' uh, disciples. He says, when Jesus had called the twelve together, and to cure diseases. He trusted them, he empowered them that this power is not just for me. I can hand it over to you and I trust you that you can take the battle and move forward. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, one of the secrets of the success of Jesus was also mentioned as uh, protecting his uh, disciple. Amen? Because our Father God will always protect us that any devil that is chasing you if they burn that everywhere, let him follow you to Christ. <laughs> Amen. I mean, there is nothing a father can do more than that. Yes. Amen. Yes. Uh, I put that down as uh, John seventeen twelve. Amen. John seventeen twelve. Uh, it says in there that while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. Amen. None has been lost. Except the one doomed mm -hmm. to destruction, so that scriptures will be fulfilled. Yep. Amen. So, our friend Lord always said to us, "Do this, do this." And he even said just now that nobody who follows his instruction 
will fail in life. You know, I don't think it could be clearer than that. Mm. It's a protection that we enjoy. And now it is evidence to me that not only was he just, you know, being a motivator to us, he was actually following Christ. Because these are the attributes yeah. of Christ. Amen? Mm-hmm. That, you know, uh, made his ministry successful. And also, I learned that, you know, Jesus trained his disciples. You know, he prayed for them. You know, uh, he rebuked them when necessary. Amen. He also wanted them to that him. Mm-hmm. You know, I find the Lord will push you until you give the word. Amen. I mean, you know, he will say to you, you know, what have you got? First degree, that's just the beginning. Amen. You have to go to the level of what we call begin again. You know, MBA. You know, amen. So you have to now go beyond that BA and go for MBA. So we see all these attributes. I was sitting down there in the cathedral. I was looking at him as he was preaching, as he was mentioning all these, you know, qualities that made Jesus, you know, ministry successful. And I can see those in him, raw in him. And that really challenged me. And it makes me convinced, having been in this church over 20 years, that truly, you know, we are in the right place. If anyone is still doubting and you are not sure, just look at Jesus' ministry and they will begin to see those qualities in the apostles in their life. Amen? Amen? Now we also, I mean, learned that you know, one of the reasons for Jesus' success was the Father, he sought, you know, the Father, he sought the Father for the will of his Father for his life. Amen? Amen. So we are not just doing anything because others are doing it. Here, we have a man in the house, a father in the house, that seek God's counsel and reveal that to us. Barbatin. Amen? Amen. I also learned that uh, uh, Jesus was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. You know, he worked hard. You know, I put that down as John 5, 17. Amen? John 5, 17. He says, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Amen. So when apostles say to you, belong to a department, you know, you cannot be ordained a leader and then sit down and walk the seat. You know, if Jesus was working because he saw his father working, we have no excuse. Whether you are ordained leader or you are not, Christianity is not just for, you know, rose full of roses. Otherwise, after we were born again, we should have just died and raptured and go on. But because there's a lot of work to do. Amen. You know, I finally mentioned the book of First Corinthians 13, you know, which we all know we talk about the love of God, you know, what God really is. So for me, I wrote all this down and um, it has become something of a watchword for me as a leader in the secular world in my field. You know, if Jesus as a leader loved his disciples, protected them, trusted them, empowered them, trained them, rebuked them when they do something wrong, you know, and wanted them to be greater than himself. And obviously recognize their limitations as well, you know, not just as a father, but as a leader in my secular world, if I can, you know, learn this attribute that made Jesus' you know, uh, ministry success, I mean, the size is the limit. Amen? Amen? And I want to thank you, sir. It was a moment of refreshing for me, even though we know about Jesus, but we now learn what is the secret behind success. I'm praising God. Amen. Elder has been preaching a sermon.
Now, let me say this to you. Did you not get all this stuff? You see, sometimes, let me first begin by saying, how can you be like Jesus? It is by reading and studying the life of Jesus thoroughly in the Bible and then simulating it. All these things are the natural life I follow before the Lord sat me down and took me through this for people to understand. And uh, as uh, Elder said in conclusion, this week God told us not only things that will help us grow spiritually, but he told us things that will turn our finances around, that will make us great leaders in society, that will make us great leaders in our offices, in our companies, that will make you, if you are working in a company, if you do these things, you will be, when they want to promote anybody, you'll be the one everybody will be pointing to. Amen. I would mean that. Because those who are on the top, they know these things. Some of them, they analyze them under the issue of critical thinking. And I took you through deeply academic or intellectual thinking about what critical thinking is and critical reasoning. The application of that to business, to family life, to every part of life. Now, all this intellectual stuff came from the life of Jesus Christ. So if you didn't go to a higher institution to read those things, if you read about Christ, you will discover those things. I have heard some people, which is a good thing, they read books of people like Richard Branson and uh, Microsoft and people who really made success in life. Everything they can ever write as principle is in the life of Jesus Christ. Is in the life of Jesus Christ. So, if you miss the convention, you know, one of the meetings or whatever, go and buy the tapes, listen to them attentively, and that is all what God wants for us in this season. Um, to buttress all what they are saying, you know, we invited a man, Dr. Cecil Stewart, really I booked him now for the minister's retreat this year. That's the kind of man I want to, I want to flock with. He's an old man, but an old man who have been in the law for old. I would together now. Really, he was telling me that, uh, Apostle, you know, what, what are the things you teach about spiritual warfare? And I opened my mouth. He said, this kind of thing I need. He was asking me a few questions and stuff like that. And I see God bringing us together for this end time. He is one of the men who, what he preaches is what he does. He told me how some years ago, the Holy Spirit told him to start a nursing home. And in the time that they don't really accept individuals to do it. So nobody ever done it in his country, which is Northern Ireland. How can he be successful? Okay. He went for it. Now he has the largest nursing home in Northern Ireland that employed 2,000 people from nothing. He was also telling me about um, when he had to go into estate, you know, uh, uh, business. And God told him, buy this land. He bought it. Bush. Go buy that land. He bought it. Bush. So they sold it cheap. Buy this land. And he said he was buying just land, buying land, buying land. Cheap, cheap land. He said today that those land now are in the most prime place where they are building towers. So, for instead of him to sell his land, he now said, use the mammon of this world to make habitation. He went to the bank. Land is shorty. He has just finished 
133 flats in one of the pieces. He's now building like Barat will build another stuff. But the difference between him and Barat is that he owns his own land. And he's building and he's, you know, selling the one he will sell. Others he's renting now. And he came during the week just to teach practical things to you. How, you know, things that if you do, you can be poor. You can be poor. But all what God did was, I taught intellectual. He came in and brought you the scriptures. In some of the things. Let me read some of the things he said. One of the topics he treated was atmosphere for increase. From the book of John chapter 6. Like Jesus fed the 5,000 people when they were hearing the word. And then he once said he would feed them. So These people don't let them go away. Let us feed them. And the disciples said that there is nothing to feed them. He said you cannot tell me that. That must be something. And then he said okay. A child has five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring it. He said, make them sit down in rows, in a <laughs> structure. And then he said, he blessed the Lord and the fish multiplied. He said, go feed them. And after feeding, they had excess. Now, these are the things he derived, he said from that. The first thing is atmosphere for increase. He said, God wants us to live in, uh, in atmosphere of increase. God wants us to live in atmosphere of increase. Alright? Jesus created an atmosphere of increase. And number three, you must create atmosphere of increase. Don't go into your house and be locking up yourself and say that you have no job. Who told you you have no job? You have job, man. Create something. Create something. Look, I told you something before. Maybe some of you need to learn from it. Somebody asked me recently that, Apostle, why are you studying LLM? Because already I have booked him for MSc in project management. As I'm standing so. I want to read until my head will cry. And say that. <laughs> I'm fed up. Someone said, what do you want to do with uh, law? Will you make money from law? I'm already making money from law. You know how. Since the time I started studying law, about five members of this church, I have helped them to save wastage, money that they will have paid to for legal advice. I gave them the advice and they got solution. Two of them was was indiscriminately fired as nurses. That is wrongful. Because it is contrary to the contract, uncontractual. The two of them had been at home for six months. Because they are going through this procedure of um, the uh, disciplinary stuff. So I said to the first one, you have been in the house for six months and you are a member of my church and I'm reading law. That's why I went, take paper. And I dictated the letter. When that letter, I copied the, the head of the hospital management. <laughs> the same copy. Copied the head of the section that she works. The admin section. Not, not the medical section. Anybody who reads that letter will first of all know that whoever wrote this letter knows the law. Number two, he's going to pin them down straight away. So what I wrote is to create an atmosphere for mitigation or else fire. The first one, they called a meeting immediately. 
they pleaded with her. Okay? And said, please don't take it further. Then they now investigated the senior who lied against her. Alright? And then in the community center home, somebody who is working, you say to her, from tomorrow don't come to work anymore. Where is, the, what procedure is that? Their handbook did not say that for, you know, handling matters like that. So they sacked that one. Alright? And then they paid her six months salary that she's been at home. And they asked her, do you want to remain in the same section or we post you somewhere? Choose. Because once you are in such a whistleblower, they can't touch you anymore in that place. I told her, go back to the section so that you will become untouchable. Because once you have research in law and you work in the same place, if they do any wrong thing, you can flag that again. But it must be sincerely wrong. So, six months salary added to the earning of my member. Are we not as a church reacher? <laughs> Same thing happened to the second person. Somebody recently, this year, the social service just, the, the, the school called the social service that the child said the mother, the father beats the, the child. Social service just rushed to the home and they were threatening the family. The woman is a nurse and if such a thing goes through, she'll lose her pin number. Yeah. All right? And the man is a businessman. He's, he's a U.S. Uh, he's, a, he's an officer of the U.S. Army. He's a member of this church. Both of them. So, and the lady who came began to tell them, we're going to take your child from you. You know, you know when he entered their house, that social officer went to their kitchen physically. And he said, why are you going to our kitchen? He said that I want to know whether you are feeding these children. Number one, good for me as a lawyer. Because the law of trespass says, if I invite you for, din- for lunch or dinner, and you roll down the banister rail, you have trespassed. Mm. <laughs> I will together now. I didn't go to read law to just go and be sleeping and be be morning is for you to be free so that we gain more money from that. Even though I'm not earning salary, I'm saving your money. That is money for me. And when those of you that go will blow your businesses up, when your business are blown up, I can now be partner. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if I give you, as I'm standing so, I've been trained to be a consultant of international firms. And by the time I finish my LLM, I'll be a consultant to, to, to advise governments on international trade. If you are doing anything with a company outside now, I can sit down as in my position and make money and advise you properly. So what I'm saying to you, that person cried to the church. What? The, uh, the, the school said they withdraw. The social service woman said, I am not withdrawing. I will. He said, this is how you black people treat your children. Crime number two. A discrimination. You got it. I wonder why a social service person who is supposed to be red is so, so, so daft. So, and then he now did another thing. The second day, he now brought a weakness from the social service without consulting them. 
Then that weakness too came. Why she now went to the kitchen again, looking for whether they feed the children. So that weakness can testify. I pick up pen. As they write and they wrote. When they wrote, I copied the um, Southern Council, the chief executive of Southern Council. I copied the head, director head of the social service. I copied the sectional head and a copy to the officer. They call her, they call that man within 24 hours. They ask him, please, tomorrow, can you come or do you want us to come to you? They, she, is that we come? They went, when they went, they said, we are not to talk with you, just to tell you that we are sorry. Hmm? The man said he was shaking because the man already thought they were taking the child, the child from him. We just want to tell you we are sorry. Say that we did not, what our staff has done is wrong. You know, people admit their faults. What are you making Gagra for? So they said, please, let us deal with this internally. No case with you. Forget about it. Please go and take care of your family. The man, when he left the place, my telephone was ringing from when he left the place. Apostle, thank God, oh, they have let us go. I said, they let you go. I said, woe to the one who did not let you go. When God said to Pharaoh, let my people go. I mean, now, haven't I said that to you? You know what I'm saying to you? If I am going to read what I don't need to make money from, you read something you can make money from. I would mean that. I, want, I don't want to hear anybody in this church say I don't have a job. If it's carpentry, learn it and start carpentry shop and be selling timber so that you make money. If it is plumbing, learn it. Open plumbing shop and then have plumbers employ them to be going to do jobs. Put just do a website, you get plumber job. Plumbers are rare. You go and search for plumber today, whether you find one easily. What about tiling? To do this thing, six months training will turn your life around. And you go and do C and G in these things. What about if you say that don't say I'm a woman? There's a brother in Lagos Church. The brother's life testimony is tragedy. But God brought him to us. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to be a baba. I said, good. He's the one who bows my hair when I go to Nigeria. I have two babas, mommy and the boy. <laughs> Are you laughing? My wife, if she looked at my head and said, this head is which he just put my head under and <laughs> by the time I wake my eyes up, uh, everything has gone out of my head. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then she will tell me that I have to make it neat. And she will carry another. She has this stuff. All the plastic they put inside the creeper. She will take one and begin to do this. And the thing will be, will be holding my skin. I say, leave my head alone now. <laughs> this one is biting me like uh, somebody is uh, biting something. I thought she put bleed, but eventually I discovered that when I look at myself in the mirror, I look at least some reasonable boy. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. And so that brother now, he's now got a shop. And he's doing barbing job. And he's doing fine. I saw a woman on television yesterday, one a Nigerian, one a Sierra Leonean. The Sierra Leonean was born in Germany, grew in Germany. And she just said that why should 
Brits, uh, Europe is uh, exporting to Africa. She went to Sierra Leone and took all the area boys and said, you don't have to be wicked. Come, I will teach you how to make adre. And she started teaching them how to make African clothes. Every African woman who went to school in Nigeria or in Ghana, in Sierra Leone, they teach you in primary and in secondary. Tie and die. They will teach you. So she began to make it and she labeled it and she brought it to Germany and started selling in the high street of Germany. That's how all the area boys became rich. Now, there was a world conference of trade uh, last month. The United Nations invited her to come and speak to all business people. She's not educated law all that high, but she, she has common sense. That's another one they showed us yesterday. The father discouraged her that you, you cannot go and be doing this stuff. Everybody's uh, going to university and having degree, degree. You are now saying you want to be a tailor. How can you be a tailor? A call fashion designer tailor. The woman said, I want to be a tailor. The woman now started to do this dye and stuff and design and stuff. And in the conference of fashion designers in the U.S., Los Angeles, I think last month, she was the one who had the best. And the father had to go. So the father was now saying to them that I didn't believe in my daughter. But thank God at least the one who go to university did not reach here. But the one who didn't go to university, <laughs> he reached here. You know what I'm saying this to you? Do something with your life. Jesus was a workaholic. It's not too late to gain a new knowledge. So the man said to us, God wants us to live an atmosphere of increase. Jesus created an atmosphere of increase and you must create an atmosphere of increase. You have a church where you'll be encouraged. Then it says, the Lord wants you to increase. The Lord wants you to increase. Isaiah 9, 7. God wants you to have a big vision. Jeremiah 30, 19. Then it says, the principles you need to follow. One, fellowship with the Father. Two, fellowship with the Son. And three, fellowship with each other. Don't deceive God. Don't deceive man. Don't deceive yourself. They, this, is, this is not me. This is Dr. Sesse. And then I read this finally to you. It says, focus on the harvest. Especially in the days of famine. See harvest when there is famine. See millions when you have no penny in your pocket. Then it says, if you have not, if you have not vision today, you will have nothing to fall on tomorrow. These are the statements of Dr. Sessi Stewart. Then he said, plan the best in the worst time. The time that nothing is working for you, that's the time you should be dreaming, dreaming big. I we together now. So that your brain is working serious. Then he said, put your mind on maximum. Second Chronicles Corinthians chapter 2, 5. Don't, if you want to put investment, don't look for 10% return, 15% return. Look for the maximum return. I would get now. Then it says, God gives power to get wealth. Expect creative ideas. If God gives you power to get wealth, you must expect God to give you creative ideas. A little vision will turn your life around. 
You know, God visited Oholi and Bezalel one night. Finished, they became civil engineer. They had an architect. They, they were able to do everything. Just one night visit. I would get it now. And then he says, develop your seed and not your need. Don't be need-minded. Pray for me that God should help me in this African onslaught I'm starting in April. I, well, of course, the Abuja one, the president will be hearing. Because our program in Abuja before was the most watched in the whole of the first, first state of Nigeria. The head of service watched it. Senators watched it. The president watched it. To the extent that the, the Senate invited me to come and have a speech with them. Haven't watched it. So Abuja will penetrate. But the one for Lagos you need to pray for. That everyone that matter we watch it. So that Satan can't rob people anymore. We've had enough of devil did this, devil do that. Devil. When will we do something? God's children. If they say that a dog is biting people, will you be amazed? What is a dog supposed to do? To lick people? <laughs> if a dog bites somebody, that is the name of dog, bite. Hallelujah. So if a dog bites somebody, you are telling stories that a dog beats a thief. What will he do to a thief? He will, he will be polishing him. So whatever devil does is irrelevant. That is what he's supposed to do. If you tell me that devil do righteousness, then I will want to hear. It's irrelevant. Develop your seed, not your need. And when you have time to pray, one hour, don't spend 45 minutes praying for a problem, 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 problem. When will you thank God? Has he not done enough to be thanked and to be praised and to be worshipped? Two more. We pray the promise and not the problem. Pray promises, not problems. You know, this is a white man, not an African man. I can say that because Apostle is African. This is a white man. And he said, finally, position yourself for leftover. Leftovers increase opportunity. And I taught you about structure and governance. And a life that is God's structure and not governance will produce stress. Because you'll be working like Jackie, nothing will happen. And that's what he's saying here. The same thing, a life that has good governance, no structure, confusion will be there. Because the people you assign don't know what to do, they are living their boundaries. You must succeed. You didn't hear what I said. You will succeed. Stand up and let me leave you one prayer point. The prayer point you are going to pray today is very straightforward. The Lord told me to tell you to pray because I saw great things happening this week. The Lord showed me this week. This is our first week. And God will surprise everybody, not only you. He will surprise the devil. He will surprise angels by what God will do with you. Psalm 102, verse 13. Say after me. You will arise, O God, and have compassion on Alfred. That is good. For it is time to show me mercy. 
It is time to show me favor. My appointed time has come. I want to say it from your spirit. The Lord shall arise concerning me. He will have compassion on our friend. It is time to show me favor. My appointed time has come. And the Lord shall arise. He will have compassion on Christ with tabernacle. For the time to favor her has come. Her appointed time is now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray that prayer. That as I leave this auditorium today, the Lord shall arise. He will have compassion on me. The time to favor me has come. My appointed time has come. The Lord shall arise. He will have favor on me, compassion on me. The time to favor me has come. Favor will go out with me. Favor will sleep with me. Favor will wake with me. My name shall be called favor. As I go this week, I shall receive favor. I shall receive favor. I shall receive favor. I shall receive favor. God will have mercy on me. He will have compassion on me. As I go this week, I will receive favor. I will receive favor. I will receive favor. Tell the Lord, you will have compassion on me. Father, you will have favor. I will receive your favor. You will have mercy, O God. You will have mercy, O God. You will have mercy, O God. The Bible says the Lord is near to those who cry unto Him. He hears their cry. Tell God, by the dawn of tomorrow, I shall see favor. The difficult thing in my life shall be made easy. Oh Lord, I come to your favor. I enter your favor. Pray for your family. Pray for your husband or wife. You will receive favor from the Lord. You will receive favor from the Lord. Everything God had done last week over you, they will begin to manifest. They will begin to manifest. Your life shall be easy. Yea, no more struggling to no avail. No more laboring to no profits. In this very week, you will receive profit. <coughs> As you depart from my sight today, so it shall be that the favor of God will go with you. You will find favor before your employers. Those who are looking for jobs, jobs will be looking for you. Jobs will be haunting you. Those of you who have had certificate, you have never worked with it. You will begin to work with them. Your businesses shall flourish, flourish, that you will employ thousands of people too. The glory of heaven will locate you. You will succeed spiritually. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Gift of the Spirit will manifest in you. If you are sick in your body, you are going to be made whole right now. Right now. Rabale do bosike baboy. Zembe bosike bandre shikaborande sha. My God and my King will bless you. With long life, God will satisfy you. Every assignment of death is cancelled by every member of this house. Those who seek our life, God will give their life to us in exchange. Those who build gallo for us will have a hang upon their gallo. Lord will bless you. 
In Jesus' holy name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Lord, I bring everybody here, flesh, bones, organs. Jesus said last year to one of my friends, when Jesus walked to him in his room, he said to him, I will give the world cure to cancer next year. And this week, they have published it, that eight, seven days treatments to breast cancer and it vanished. Jesus said it, they discovered it as he said. He said, I will give cure to cancer. Last, three weeks ago, they were discussing another cure to cancer discovered in America and a cure to all cancer discovered in the United Kingdom. You know, these things that have killed people. If Jesus now brought solution to these things, let me say your solution has come. Every sickness in your body, I cause them to die in the name of Jesus. Every impediment in your bones, I cause them to die in the name of Jesus. I command your joints and your marrow to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Pain that have worried you in your head for a long time. From this hour, I cause it to die from the roots. Every form of pain in your back, I command it to be removed in the name of Jesus. Those of you who have been afflicted in your mind, be healed in the name of Jesus. Your mind is restored in the name of Jesus. Every form of fear, the Lord rebuke you. Every form of fear, the Lord rebuke you. I say fear, get out in the name of Jesus, right? I command the cell of your body to be made whole. I command your gene to be corrected. Nobody comes to the pool. And goes back home sick. You have come to the balm of Gilead today. I say, if any one of you standing under my voice, the devil has sent emissary after you. I command them to be cut off in the name of Jesus Christ. I apply to heaven, according to the book of Job, to the storehouse of hailstone. Father, send your hailstone down. Father, send your hailstone down. He says, who have been, who have seen the storehouse of heaven, where God gives hailstones for battle. I draw a battle line over your life. I command the hailstones of God to destroy all your enemies. Every evil spirit set against you, I command hailstones of God to begin to fall over them. You are set free. Bondages are broken. Fetters are destroyed. Lord, joy is restored. I thank you because it is so. Everything that worries your body today, I command the ground to open its mouth and swallow them up. In the beginning, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, from verse 1 to 6, it says, There was a sign of a dragon that appeared in heaven. And a woman who was traveling and gave birth to a son. And the dragon went after the son, and the son was caught up to heaven. And then the woman was given a place in the wilderness where she would live for a season. And the dragon ran after the woman and threw water out of his mouth to swallow the woman. And the earth opened his mouth and swallowed the torrent of Satan. So that the will of the Father be accomplished. Everything that is contesting with God's will over your life, I command the earth to swallow them up. As it was in the beginning, so it is now. The Bible says, in the book of Isaiah 14, 24, it says, The Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be. 
this week, all the plans of God will fulfill in your life. Everything the devil set out against the plan of God, I command the earth to solid them up. He said, as I purpose, it will stand. The purpose of God for you shall prevail. I say, the gates of hell will not overrun you. I say, the gates of hell will not overcome you. I say, in this week, you will find favor before God. In this week, you will find favor before his angels. In this week, you will find favor before men. When you see my face in the week, you shall celebrate it. So shall it be. Monday shall come with his testimonies. Tuesday will not be able to wait for it. Wednesday shall be celebration. Thursday shall bring him for glory. Friday shall bring him mighty manifestation. Every day of this week shall be full of manifestation of mercy. The, the sound of rejoicing shall explode in this house. All that God has spoken about this house begin to happen. So shall it be and so it is. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the king of heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Take your seats in the heavenly places.